Hello and welcome to Combo Chain. It's a JRPG podcast where uh, we look at the latest news, we give our impressions on new games, and uh, in some episodes we do uh, deep dives into uh, classic JRPGs, old and new. I'm uh, Paul Davis. And I'm Elisa James. Hi, Elisa. How's it going? Everything's good, thanks. Yourself? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is the second of the uh, these kind of like hybrid news episodes that we're doing. Uh, um, we've got uh, some deep dives coming up. I've got, uh, let's see, pretty soon uh, I'll be doing um, Hyper Dimension uh, Neptunia 7 with uh, our good friend Fletch, who's been a guest on Megaton Marathon. And um, I am looking forward to that because... Uh, uh i've been asking him uh for almost a year to be like to basically uh explain uh hyper hyper dimension neptunia to me (laughs) so (laughs) look forward to that one (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah uh we'll uh we'll start off with some news i didn't get a chance to uh write any jingles but uh i I, uh I will uh, I will get on that before the next episode. Um, so yeah, here we go. Here's the news. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, um, Euro uh, Eurogamer uh, did a preview of uh, Yakuza Seven, and uh, they said that uh, it's got some of the best RPG combat in a long time. Um, um, their uh, writer, uh, Melindy uh, Hetfield, played 30 hours of Yakuza 7, and she had uh, tons of positive stuff to say about both its story and the battle system. Um, apparently, uh, the game justifies the uh, turn-based battle mechanics by showing uh, that the new protagonist, uh, Ichiban, is a huge Dragon Quest fan, which is pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, the uh, battle system is apparently more dynamic, movement-based than uh, most turn-based systems. Um, you have like free movement during battles, and uh, kind of in a nod to previous games, uh, you have the ability to pick up random items like traffic cones and bicycles, and uh, you can use uh, those to attack your enemies during the next turn. So uh, yeah, that all this all sounds really good. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Like I just, I, I, I know I feel terrible, but I just really love the idea of a Yakuza RPG game. I, I know a lot of purists are upset, and I, I get it. You know, if you're used to action games, I'm just like, yes, an RPG. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we covered this in the last episode, but yeah, Yakuza's. T- an RPG, RPG anyway. It, it really so it just, is. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have to go over that again. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, the only difference is, the, is that this one's going to be uh, turn-based. So sounds really cool. And I don't know if you've watched any of the uh, preview videos or uh, screenshots, but uh, it looks like they took a lot of uh, influence in the aesthetics from uh, Persona 5. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually, which is pretty cool. Like, the fact they managed to do that and then kind of just, like, you know, uh, mold it into a very Yakuza uh, sort of aesthetic as well. Like, I don't know how they did that, but it works really well. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, you know, just a quick aside, uh, speaking of uh, 
Persona 5, I uh, downloaded the uh, uh, demo of uh, Persona 5 Scramble from the Japanese uh, Switch store. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I can usually play about one Musou game a year. And, uh, you know, I, like, I like Musou games, but, you know, they're pretty much all the same. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but... They, uh, you know, there's like a bunch of like kind of like persona style visual novel type stuff going on that, of course, I couldn't read. But uh, the actual fights and battle system, um, there's like a lot of things that are like kind of unique for a uh, Russo <laughs> game. Um, and it really kind of, it kind of like really plays on the uh, idea of like, you know, a lot more kind of like, you know, like thieves and a lot more limber. And, you know, you could like do these kind of like sneak attacks and stuff in uh, Persona 5. Um, and so that kind of shows up like in the uh, in the way that you can fight. Um, the only way the thing that was kind of kind of bummed me out, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, like demo It's probably at least two or three hours long and you can get it like pretty much all you have to do is go is create like a Japanese profile on the switch uh, on your switch okay, to download yeah. it. And then you can access the uh, Japanese um, switch eShop, but you don't need like a credit card or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, the only thing that kind of bummed me out is that um the only demons that I saw in the first few hours were basically uh, Pyrojack and um, Pixie, and then it was a bunch of like famous, uh, like faceless cops. Oh yeah, it's true. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get you know like a little like Mara action. In there <laughs> <sometime>. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, the game's not valid. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I'd be shocked. I mean, it's uh, Koei Tap- Tecmo, so I'd be shocked if uh, you know if they didn't. They don't get in there some somehow because they like to. They like to you know sexualize their games as much as possible so <laughs> exactly um and i think one thing that i really really like about scramble is that um they really understood how to tell like a story with these persona characters i mean there's a reason why everyone kind of jokingly calls this like uh persona 5 2 i think actually like in the uh title animation they did a gag like it where they had like it it, it was about to go persona five like two and then the two gets like knocked out and then it's like scramble so even like yeah (laughs) so but like they they really capture the characters very well and the way they convey the story is like excellent like they know how to do it in a way that feels very persona uh five-ish you know and and it isn't boring like it's actually like okay like for instance if you ever play the um the dancing games like, it's like, yeah, like dancing yeah. all night. Oh my god! <laughs> and then, and then the uh, the the fighting game, the um, Persona Four Arena. Mm-hmm. Wow! I mean, both of those games, they just it's just text dumps. I mean, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's text dumps, and it's like just kind of like it's it's 
it's tech stumps is just like it makes the original game seem more ridiculous because it's like like Persona Four, like you know, has like such a great story. Yeah. You know, and then you, and then you go to like dancing all night, and um, you know, and like one that like you know I took pretty seriously, and you know you go to dancing all night or uh, you know the fighting game, and you know it's like oh well you know the the Phantom Channel uh, the Phantom Station's back and um, I can't I can't remember the name the of it. The Midnight Channel. Um, yeah, the Midnight Channel is back. And now you have to dance. Yeah. You know? And it's like, at least have fun with that. You know, like it's a ridiculous premise. So don't like think too deeply about it. Just be like, this is what happens. Just go with it. Yeah. You know, but now they, they try to like tie it in somehow with like a plot. And it's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I feel like it kind of like cheapens, like, you know, it's like, you know, the creepiness of the Midnight Channel in the original game. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you're gonna be ridiculous, just be ridiculous. You know, but if like you're gonna be like, oh, this like super creepy thing, you know, that was leading someone to be a murderer, um, yeah, is now you know, you know, something that makes you want to like dance all night. Like, <laughs> exactly. So I like that with Scramble. It's like Koei Tecmo does such an excellent job. Uh, from what I've seen so far with writing it, like how they convey it, they actually really understand what makes Persona 5 Persona 5. And and once again, the way they convey their, their story and their plot, it's just it's not text dumping. It's actually like through all the different systems and whatever that that's actually present in the original. So coupled with that, with like, as you pointed out, with the gameplay that actually reflects, you know, the characters and the gameplay of the um, the RPGs, it's like you know. Once again, they just do these. They do another Muso game that's like fantastic in this regard. Like why I love Hyrule Warriors so much, for instance, because you know, as a Zelda fan, it's like you just see all the lore and like effort that mm-hmm. went into it. And that's what I've really been liking about all these like Muso games that that Koei's been doing because you can tell it comes from a lot of love for whatever they're working on, like the IP that they're working on and a lot of understanding of what makes that IP so um, appealing to that audience. Oh yeah, totally. And Fire Emblem Warriors was great too. Yeah, that's another like, one. That's true. I, I've been really, really impressed with Koei uh, Tecmo and what they've been putting out lately. Yeah, like, uh, me too. Like, I mean, they basically developed Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Did, I mean, I'd say that's maybe one of the best, if not the best, in the entire series. Honestly, it's 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 incredible. I think there's only about because I know recently I had did an article on Three Houses, and I think there was only like around fifteen ish or so of the um, intelligent systems uh, devs that actually worked on the game, and the rest, like mm-hmm. you said, were Koei Tecmo devs. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I thought I think Intelligent Systems just kind of like had like oversight. Um, yeah, on it, you know. Yeah, ah, oh, seventeen. Um, I just saw. I just picked up my article. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's very very cool. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see like what what they're gonna do next. Um, yeah, and I'm looking. I'm looking forward. To Persona 5 Scramble, whereas before I was just kind of like, eh, 
yeah. about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Me too. Like, I really am. That and, I mean, the fact that, I lo- I, I'm not going to lie, I love the the new, the female character. I think her design is actually adorable. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, totally. And I love the fact that they put these, like, Super Sentai, like, costumes in this game like between like the new main male and like the 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 villain i'm just like this is fantastic (laughs) i know i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i know i think there's yeah i i highly recommend going on you know going and uh downloading that uh that uh demo um it's really not hard to do. Have you have you done that, I, Alisa? Or? I have not yet. I do need to actually get on that. Um, so I've definitely. Well, I've just it's just been things a little hectic for me, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna download that demo soon because I really want to just sit and play it myself. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and this is like another reason why it's rad that the Switch is not region locked. Yeah, right. It's awesome. Yeah, like. Nintendo of all companies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have I I, I I keep on making a joke where it's just kind of like um and man, we're getting really sidetracked here, but it's like uh yeah, like like uh <laughs> like you know, when I when I keep on like seeing and you know, playing like Atlas games and seeing all the homophobia and transphobia and all this kind of like crap and everything. And um, I'm like, how are we living in a world where it's like Nintendo is Nintendo of all companies is more woke? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> than like than like Atlas. It's crazy. Know? Like you know, they're like making games with like same you know with like uh, queer romances and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, should we uh, get back to the news? Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the next bit of news is that uh, currently Sony's having a huge sale on the PS4 store on Japanese games until March 5th. Um, So there's some really good deals out there for, you know, old and new um, Japanese games, including uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, The Trails of Cold Steel Remasters, Tales of Basiria, the Disgaea series, uh, Valkyria Chronicles 1 and 4, which are the only games that exist, according... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) If you want to find out why, our last uh, session with me guest starring... We went into links because um, I think you actually explained to me why that's the case. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Basically, two, two and three are just kind of like bad Persona knockoffs yeah. <laughs> uh, that only came to the PSP. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Daga Rampa games uh, are also on sale. Uh, so is uh, Earth Defense Force, but apparently it is still <laughs> too expensive. So I guess just wait for better sales for that. <laughs> I mean, I I always want to play those games because they're so they look so ridiculous and like they never go on sale and even like the sale price you know it's like they they're always full price and even like when I looked on the sale today they're still like like forty dollars on sale as opposed to like fifty you know <laughs> um but yeah I mean like 
<laughs> it just seems like EDF should be like you know the kind of thing that like you can pick up for like twenty bucks, like a few few months after it's been released. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, let's see. So moving on. Um. Yeah. So this uh, Secret of Mana inspired and what uh, Western RPG RFL Enhanced Edition is uh, coming to Switch. Um. It was uh, released in, uh, on Steam in 2016, and uh, it's a Western-developed tribute to uh, 16-bit JRPGs like Secret of Mana, or uh, Secret of Mana. Um, it's got like an open-world uh, tactics-influenced combat, and uh, it have seems to have really cool kind of like different kinds of traversal. Like you know, you're not just like walking around on an overworld. Like there's different types of like vehicles you can move it move around in and um like um you know swimming and uh going underwater and so yeah it seems pretty interesting um and the other thing that's kind of interesting is that uh or that i appreciate it is that uh unlike a lot of like western developed tributes to uh jrpgs <laughs> which, like a lot of the time look like the assets were taken from like the saddest corner of DeviantArt. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, it actually looks pretty good and, like, faithful to, like, you know, like, JRPG and anime aesthetics. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to try that out when it comes to Switch. Yeah, yeah no, that sounds awesome. Because, yes, you're right. It's, like, it's like a lot of the time, it's, like, they're just, they're, they're barely holding on to, like, anatomy for, like, dear life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah. Looking at these visuals, they look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely would love to check that out. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks really interesting. I'm definitely I'm you know, and I I checked out the Steam reviews and they were pretty good. So hopefully uh, that uh, carries over to the Switch version. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, oh man. So thanks for that. I got another cool game on my uh, my radar. Let's see. So, um, and um, in uh, more news, um, Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition, gets rated. It was rated by the South Korean Ratings Board. So, um, that's suggesting that the upcoming Switch exclusive may arrive a little bit sooner. Which would be great. I mean, yeah. I've already we talked about this before, but I've already you know played that game. Bought that game twice and played it twice, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I I I'll probably hold off on picking this one up for a while, um, just because you know I'm very 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 underemployed. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I love I you know I'd love to play it like in HD, um, at some point because like it you know it really deserves that so. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's it's true. I'm I'm really looking forward to this too. Like, like I think I, I had mentioned it before, but I think what really made me happy was that we finally have um a version of Chron- of Xenoblade Chronicles that accurately reflects like the original art style because I love that art so much. And then every time we get a game, and I don't know what they do, but it's just like <laughs> so not that art style. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know if we discussed this, but it's like weird because, um, like, 
you know, it started out with this kind of like very like kind of like realistic, like uh like uh or the series started out with this very like realistic, kind of like um more kind of like ma- manga influenced yeah. you know, art style. Um that looked like really cool and like really classy, even though the Wii and the 3DS couldn't really, you know, render it. Yeah, exactly. Very well. But like, you know, and I really like, uh, I really love like X and Xenoblade 2, but man, it's just been getting more and more just kind of like Saturday morning anime. <laughs> I know. Visual design, you know, and it's just, and also like, also like way more like, you know, Here's the half naked uh, anime babe with uh, giant boobs and like <laughs> exactly. the first one. The first one didn't do that at all, really. You know, um, so I don't know. It, it would be nice for them to kind of like reel it back a bit <laughs> and get back to that original art style. It would be honestly. I'm really looking forward to that. So that that made me so happy seeing it. I'm just like extra excited for this version. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, so absolutely. So that's gonna be exciting. <laughs> so yeah, um so this game, uh, World of Horror, uh has been released on uh Steam Early Access and uh Xbox Beta. I think we uh, discussed it shortly or briefly in the previous episode. It's this like incredible looking visual novel and adventure game that's like heavily influenced by Junji Ito and um the whole like graphic design looks like uh like uh um like early macintosh interface right sort of like uh what is it uh the return to Oberdin or something is that the title of that game uh but even more so like it really looks like you're using like you know like the original mac to like you know play the game um and yeah, so the uh, early impressions and uh, in-progress reviews are really positive. Um, and yeah, I'm just super looking forward to it because I am a big Junji Ito fan. And uh, yeah, it just looks really cool. Um, I am probably going to wait for uh, the inevitable uh, Switch port, though. Because yeah. like this, it seems like the kind of game that like is like, Definitely going to come to the Switch at some point and should be played on the Switch. Yeah, 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 definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Because that, that, that actually sounds like a really cool game. I mean, the problem is is that I'm a complete coward, so I can't, like, play horror games like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, <laughs> but it looks really, really good. Like, I want to play it. I just... I just know I'm just going to freak out and then not play it. Like, I think both me and my friend are still stuck in, like, Persona Q. Like, that, um, what was it? It was that that, that dungeon, the, the, the club one, you know, the horror one. And we can't, oh, yeah, can't get yeah. past it. It's just, it's it freaks me out too badly. <laughs> oh, God, I'm still, I'm still stuck in Persona Q because that game is, like, goddamn endless yeah <laughs> and I, I love etrian odyssey games i do so i was very but it's just like no i can't do this this is like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so whoops <laughs> yeah i'm not a big horror person either but like there's something about there's like certain there's like a certain like size genre of horror horror that like i can get into like 
Like, I really like Junji Ito. He's a little too, like, gory for me. But, like, oh. I mean, it's more kind of, like, conceptual horror, you know? It's like, yeah. like, I really love his stuff. And, like, you know, I love, like, David Lynch's stuff. Um, just stuff that's a little more kind of, like, you know, creepy. Yeah. And, like, unnerving rather than, like, just, like, straight up, like, jump scares or, like, you know. Yeah. Like, really, like obvious like kind of like 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 atmospheric you know. horror right like that's my favorite yeah too. yeah yeah totally um or you know like kind of like lovecraftian stuff um which uh, from what i've read this game like takes some influence from lovecraft uh as well you know hopefully not the racism <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no, absolutely that's the beautiful thing we could completely defile his legacy by, by doing anti-racism <laughs> Well, I've told you about this. I've told you about the whole like genre. Um, yeah. Offline, the whole genre of like African American authors who are writing like um, Lovecraftian horror that like critiques that partially like critiques like Lovecraft's racism, um, and it's like a really great like micro genre of fiction. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic stuff. Like I love that honestly. So, you know, I I hope, and then even the more recent game. Um, it's a, a visual novel I had previewed it a while back. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I don't know why it's not coming to me all of a sudden. But um, they actually took a lot of the... Um, they they basically took the general plot of, um, in you know, the Innsmouth short story. And they took out, of course, all the racism. And, <laughs> and just, like, completely reworked it into something that was just really, like, intriguing. Like... They actually used like animal people instead, and and it added to like the horror aspect, you know, of it because it's like extremely unsettling seeing this now. And then like you actually have like more prominent like black characters that are just treated like everyone else. So it's just you're not dealing with that. You're dealing with like actual horror themes that that you know should have been about in the first place. But yeah, so. It's a, it's a great it, I, I really like the story at least a lot for that game yeah yeah i mean you know this we're going a lot off on a lot of sidetracks but like the thing about like lovecraftian horror is like you know it's the thing that's so great about yeah. it is that there it's this idea of um you know this this like horror that you can't like understand and it's like beyond human conception and um you know like there's a lot of authors who've done interesting stuff with it um like uh jeff vandermeer who did um annihilation and the area x books um you know and I, i i'm i'm seeing i'm seeing it being used in like really interesting ways like uh like you know in different different forms of fiction where it's like the you know unknowable and uncontrollable horror is like climate climate change or something like that um that's kind of how like jeff vandermeer uh, approaches it um and so like it's it, it's really like there's a lot of like rich stuff to like kind of like tap into yeah absolutely and that whole like genre and approach you know as long as you know, you can find ways to just kind of like push back against the fact that 
the guy was you know like like not just racist for the time but like yeah. <laughs> like considered racist during the time yeah actually yeah i think that was the fun that was the funny part that like he was so racist that like other racist guys were like hey hey chill out with this racism like, <laughs> like how bad do you have to be <laughs> Apparently pretty bad. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm getting us really sidetracked. It's just this is <laughs> Oh no, no, I am too. I am too. <laughs> I yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, I just think there's yeah, no, no. I, 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 there's just like such a deep well of stuff to tap there like, you know, if you can kind of like subvert the the uh, bad parts of the person who kind of created it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I completely agree. So, yeah, should we uh, move on to um, the most awesome news of the week? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Japan has uh, gotten Dragon Quest ATMs. Uh, the Japanese convenience store chain uh, Lawson is bringing Dragon Quest ATMs to its stores through March 8th. The entire ATM interface features a slime, and 8-bit style fonts, and drop-down menus. So it's really, really cool. Like, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we... I, I mean, I know why. But, like, I, I, I wish we had this here. <laughs> I know. Me too. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, very awesome. Um yeah um cool all right so uh how about we uh move on to uh some uh first impressions oh yeah great idea so um you know i've uh have a few uh first impressions well not a few a couple first impressions um a couple recent games that i've played uh right now i'm currently working on uh snack world uh for a review it's specifically the uh the nintendo switch port Call of the original 3DS game, uh, and which has been retitled uh, Snack World: The Dungeon Crawl Gold. So, Snack World itself is a multimedia franchise from level five, uh, and it stars a knight named Chup, um, who's basically on like a revenge quest uh, because this corporation destroyed his village after his village basically. Uh, rejected this whole eviction process from the corporation. It's it's very very tongue in cheek. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually a big thing about this game that it's extremely satirical. Like even his quest is actually rather silly, and um, and most of the time he's not really even working on it because he basically has this huge crush on this princess. Um, Melonia, who's very, very uh, vain, selfish, and he just spends all his time doing like fetch quests for her. So, <laughs> yeah. So is and then and then what's cool is that this video game actually kind of does the same thing because what happens is that you create your own character that you play as, and that character is the you know protagonist of this particular story in this game. Um, although, of course, you know, Chip, uh, Chup and his team is uh, present in the story. You encounter him uh, many times throughout, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, you're, you're solely playing as uh, this protagonist. And how the game starts is that 
um, your character is found unconscious, like just outside, like the village, uh, the kingdom gates. And, you know, they were asking like, oh, should we bring him in and like help him, whatever. And the king is like, well, we don't really need any heroes. Like nothing's going on. It's like, <laughs> why, like, why are we going to bring someone we don't know? I mean, they could have a disease and then spread it. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I can't even be mad about that. <laughs> and then, um, and then the princess, she decides, she's like, you know, oh, but this sounds so cool, this adventure. We They have all these cool stories. It's just like, come on, like, just bring them in. And then, of course, the king immediately goes on her side because he spoils her rotten. So solely because of her, uh, they decide to um, bring you inside and treat you and whatever. So, you know, when you're all set, you go meet the king. And... At this point, by the time you get here, the princess already forgot about you. Like, she's now onto her next obsession, which is a gem in, like, some dungeon. And so she does, she's not even giving you the time of day anymore. And then um, you end up getting sent off just to get that gem for her. Uh, so that actually begins that. So you'll find out in this story that most of the story is you're doing quests for her. <laughs> so they're really like there's like a little bit of a plot too but i mean there's really no like actual dangers it's just you know you're exploring this world or whatever and it's like a big dungeon crawler so that's kind of like the biggest draw of this game like not only have like the you know the satire sort of humor um uh you have like that sort of like kind of satirical um you know humor and whatnot uh but you also have these really cool dungeon crawler light um aspects to it uh with a really nice loot system uh it's the kind of loot system where you know you you have certain percentages of getting drops on like really rare items so it encourages you to actually keep exploring these dungeons which uh, it's actually a light roguelite, um, so it, it'll actually change its layout every time you go in, and you can actually uh, see if you can um, get, you know, the rare item drops, and it's really cool how that works, because it actually even ties that into its, um, its, uh, uh, sis- its clothing system, because basically in this game, not only do you have the armor, but you also have uh, gear, you have fashion equipment. And what happens is every day there's a new trend bonus. So, like, it'll tell you the color, like, the brand or whatever that your character should be wearing. And if you do that, you get uh, rare drop rate increases, uh, rare drop uh, item, you know, rate increases, which is useful for when, once again, you're going back into these dungeons because you're trying to get these rare items. So you have, like, this really cool, like, system that, like, gives you a lot of that uh, replayability. Um, so it's really, really interesting in that, uh, regard. The, and the combat's actually pretty fun too. It's like an action RPG, um, sort of thing, uh, in which, you know, you have different weapons, up to six weapons and like two items that you can carry on you at all times. And the game encourages you to switch between weapons because many enemies and bosses have different weaknesses, different weapon types. Uh, also, um, each weapon has a set amount of JP, uh, that slowly recharges, but the JP basically, uh, shows you, you know, how many times it's like a gall that goes down with every attack. And, uh, once it depletes, your attacks are very slow and weak. So then you'll want to switch between different weapons, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, wait for JP to, 
recharging the other one. So it encourages you to use a, a wide variety of weapons and whatnot as well. Uh, I like combat too. I think in the beginning between that and getting used to the menus is a bit difficult because the menu in the interface is a little like cluttered. Um, and the combat's a little like, um, what's the word slippery almost but once you get uh-huh. used to it like get used to cycling between targets and you get used to reading the menu layouts it becomes a lot easier and it and you actually start really getting it you know and that, that's when i think the game kind of clicks so it's definitely not a game for everyone because right now looking at some of the reviews it's, it's a little divisive um but I mean, mostly, mostly positive, but you have a few like neutral opinions, one bad one, that kind of thing. But overall, it's a really, it's actually a fun game. It has very cute, charming graphics. You know, the plot's actually very fun. Doesn't take itself seriously at all, which is honestly pretty nice, you know, not to have to play a very plot heavy game. Um, And then, you know, if you like dungeon crawlers and like loot system, things like that, you know, it's definitely a good Mm -hmm. pickup for that. Cool. Yeah, I'd be curious about trying it out. Um, I kind of wish, I wish there was a demo available or something about because those games are dungeon crawlers are kind of a kind of hit and miss for me. Yeah. Like, so definitely. Is it is it true the it's the dungeons are basically like automatically or uh, generated like kind of roguelike style? Yeah, yeah. I think that I did mention that. Yes. It, so every time that you go back in. Um, it is a different layout for the dungeon. Um, so that, that's what makes it, that's what keeps it interesting. So it's not like when you go back in for these rare item drops, you know, you have to play the exact same dungeon, uh, over and over. You actually get different dungeon layouts. So you have to get used to that new layout. So it keeps things like kind of fresh and exciting in that way. Like if that's like your, if that's how you want to play the game, like getting all these rare items, you know, of course you don't have to, too. So the game does give you a lot of uh, freedom in that, you know, you could just kind of go in the first time clearing and then keep moving on. But if you really do want the equipment, which, which does have a lot of benefits, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, you can, um, uh, you know, uh, you could definitely, uh, have a lot of fun with that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, reading your review once it goes up do you know when it's gonna go up um it'll go up soon i just want to make sure that because i got the game a little late so i just have to make sure that you know i do cover all my bases first but um hopefully it should be going up uh either later this week or early next week cool yeah it's worth mentioning that uh just right here that uh elisa writes for uh jewel shockers so I assume this will be going up on there, Yes, right? yes, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. And uh, I understand that you've uh, had some time with uh, Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, yeah. So earlier this month, um, I actually did, I actually went to a preview event uh, where I was able to try out a bit of Persona 5 Royal. Um, if you want to, you know, I have my uh, full preview uh, available on Dual Shockers already. I uh, definitely recommend you um, reading that. It has a little bit of footage as well of some of the gameplay that I kind of discussed in it. Uh, I also have an interview up. I spoke a bit with the um, head of uh, Atlas West PR, um, Ariana, and she's absolutely amazing, by the way. Such a, a, a very passionate, um, uh, a very, you know, 
a huge fan of the franchise and you can just see she absolutely wants what's best for it and and she 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 gave me a lot of really good information i was able to sit down with her for just a little bit um so i definitely recommend reading through that interview as well you know a little bit about i talk about is the localized so there's a couple of the localization um challenges like in the process of it uh as well as um you know the the efigs localization you know for different languages uh english french italian german spanish um i mm-hmm. also she answered a question for me for about the streaming policies for persona 5 royale because i know you and probably a lot of other viewers remember what happened with the original Persona 5 in the West, with how yeah. bad the streaming uh, policies were handled. So uh, she spoke a bit about how um, there would be some changes to that. Uh, so, you know, definitely check that out. But uh, going back to the actual game itself, I basically played through uh, four uh, save files. Uh, so the first part I played through was um, basically just testing out one of the new features of the game, which is the uh, grappling hook. Um, and that's actually pretty fun. It, uh, what they did was they, um, they used it to actually expand the dungeon. So when you, know, you approach a, specially, uh, a special looking hook, you can uh, hit L1. It'll activate the grappling hook and automatically pull the protagonist to that area. And from there, it's how you can explore new parts of the dungeon. And along with that, they actually added in um, a new a new uh, little mechanic, a new feature called Will Seeds. Um, so that it's like kind of these little collectibles that you go around. Each dungeon has about three of them. And... Um, and it's pretty cool, actually. It's like a little, like, extra little bonus um, to, to, to look for throughout the dungeon to find. And each one is themed after the uh, boss's um, that vice that that particular palace is fashioned after. So, for instance, when I was playing through it, Kamoshida's, of course, his vice is lust. So they were, you know, known uh-huh. as lust seeds. So... Uh, it's actually a really, really a uh, little interesting thing, you know. Uh, we'll see more of that as we go along later on, but uh, I just thought that was a really cool extra bonus that they put in. And the grappling hook itself is actually pretty easy to use. Um, I think the only thing I said was that I kind of wish that it was more uh, freeform at times because I thought it'd be pretty cool if this hook would actually allow you to traverse the dungeon in unique ways, like the dungeon that's already been established in unique ways right. versus having to walk around a lot of obstacles. So that would have been a really cool way to use it. But the way it's implemented at the very least, like it controls very well. You don't have any weird issues with it. And, you know, it's very smooth. It's very instant. And I mean, aesthetically, it just makes a lot of sense so for him to have one, you know? So, yeah, kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of reminds me from what I've read as far as like the ability to just kind of like, do those kind of like stealth and sneak yeah. mechanics, which were like new to the original Persona Five. Yeah, you know, as far as like adding new like mechanics into it. Yeah, exactly. So um, let me see. So then the second does a. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just one question. Yes. Does so does having the grappling hook like sort of like simplify like uh, moving around the dungeons or navigating the dungeons, or is it just kind of like really like 
specific to certain areas. It's like, it's specific to certain areas. Like they like they the way that they um have the grappling hook is that they implement it so it allows you to uh traverse certain specific areas of a dungeon, especially new parts of a dungeon that they added to this game. Um got it. Because as I said I was saying like I wish you could have used it more in the original established sections of the dungeon. But those are still gonna be navigated traditionally. But yeah, so the right. grappling hooks basically, essentially, they open up new parts of these uh, dungeons for you to explore. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so that's- yeah, I was curious when I was reading about it. I was like, well, is that just to like make it so you could get through the dungeons faster? But it doesn't sound like that's the case. no, no, it's not. Um, so, but um, I also the second uh, save file that I played through was um, Kamoshida's boss battle. So. Uh, with this one, they actually added in um, a whole new segment to it. Um, what they did was they, if you remember in the original game, you know, you had uh, Kamoshida's special attack, you know, which was his, which was his uh, serve, you know, his spike, because obviously it reflected the fact that he was a volleyball champion. So, you know, in the original game, it was pretty like standard, like he had this whole setup spiel and then he did the spike, you know, you block, whatever. So what they did in this, um, in Royale, was that they actually made it uh, a bit more expanded. And they did this by adding two new cognitives. Um, So we have um, uh, Mishima and we have uh, Shiho. And they were both added uh, to this. So what happens is basically the cognitives represent, of course, um, how how, how Kamoshida views them. So, you know, naturally, they're very, very skewed, very exaggerated, kind of similar to how, if you remember, uh, Cognitive On was uh, portrayed, you know, and obviously there's nothing like On, but it's so it's very similar to that. So Mishima is, you know, just totally groveling, weak and worthless. And like, you know, he just like calls him slave and he's just like, you know, hurry up and uh, set the ball. Like, you know, and then he just like abuses it, just yells at him. And then she was just going, yes, sir, I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, oh, yeah, so, you know. And then, of course, Shiho, um, you know, as with An, she comes in, you know, highly sexualized because that's how he views her. And the way he speaks to her as well is the same, that she's just really nothing uh, more than a piece of meat. And then, of course, you have An's reactions. Because, um, of course, they all reacted to Mishima, too, the party members. But then especially when Shiho comes in, An has a very bad reaction to that. And everyone has to kind of calm her down. So, huh. yeah. And what was interesting about this, too, is that not only is it just the story part of them kind of coming in and helping, um, you know, Kamoshida set up the special, but even in, especially in Shiho's case, uh, she actually joins the fight for a little bit, and you actually have a choice to how are you going to handle her. So the game actually gives you a choice. They say, do you want to just focus on Kamoshida and deal enough damage to him so he won't do his special attack? Or do you want to uh, uh, target Shiho's cognitive uh, instead and you know knock her out of the fight so you don't have to worry about it anymore? So... I went with attacking Shiho, which, you know, once again, that does prompt more responses from the characters. Um, and, you know, once you knock her out, um, 
And then that basically uh, ruins that setup for his special, so you don't have to worry about that. So honestly, that's to me, that's a better option because you don't have to deal with that anymore. And they're very easy to take out. But yeah, so I thought it was actually pretty interesting that they decided to add scenes like this. Like, I didn't even think of including uh, those two as cognitives, but then when you have them, it's like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Right, right. And I think the only thing I did mention, too, was that while I thought Mishima was, you know, perfect because it's exactly how Kamoshida views him as someone who's weak and worthless. So, of course, you know, his cameo isn't going to be that uh, um, uh, impactful. But with Shiho, I kind of wish that they really, like, kind of wove her in the battle a bit more, like, for longer, because of the fact that um, Shiho uh, is such an integral part of that arc. You know, she's really at the center of it. Um, So it would have been really cool to just see that really expanded on, even more so. But I do like their inclusion in the first place because it actually made them, it, it, it was like they actually thought about this and that, you know, hey, these characters are important to this arc. They should be included in here somehow. And, you know, even if their importance to Kamoshida is very skewed, they still do have significance for him. So they would be cognitives in his world, not just on. So. Right. Yes. So. Oh, so go ahead. That's really Oh, that's really interesting. It sounds like they've really, like, um, in the past where they've, you know, like, Persona 4 Golden, basically, they, you know, just kind of, like, added uh, Marie as a character and added, like, sort of, like, a post-game quest with her. Yeah. It sounds like with this one, they're, like, making, like, much more, like, kind of, like, radical changes to, like, the base game. Yeah, exactly, which is what I really liked. I liked that a lot, that, um, that they, that they, that they did things like that. Um, so, it, it, it made, it, it was, it's really refreshing to see that, that they really looked at these main battles, and they were like, okay, well, how can we add to this? How can we change it up or enhance it to the point where, you know, it does it does reflect the actual arc that they're a part of a lot better than they did before. Like they don't just kind of feel like they're there. Like they actually have more of a of a purpose and significance to the arc, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So very, you know, that was that was um that was very cool. So I really like that a lot. So the last two save files were um are, are wrapped around the same um, new, uh, you know, feature, which is basically a new area that opens up in the game called Kichijoji. Um, so Kichijoji is an area, it's like a neighborhood in Japan um, that is, it's basically an area in Tokyo, it's a commercial area, it's very, very popular, and, you know, full of shops, restaurants, bars, cafes, etc. So when they added it to Persona 5 Royale, they reflected that completely. So when you go to Kichijoji, it's, you know, it's full of all these different shops with unique items. You have all these food stands. You have all these just, like, really cool places of interest. And the um, the biggest place of interest is uh, is an area. It's, uh, it's called, like, a, it's a... It's a, basically a, a games uh, kind of area. So you can go inside and you can play either darts or billards. Um, and it's, 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 uh, it's really cool that, that um, place because 
what happens is you can use it to raise your stats for your character themselves, like their own character stats. Or if you invite your team members with you to join in on playing the games, you can also raise their um, stats as well with their um, baton passes, uh, baton pass ranks. So you can actually raise that as well. And also you get some really nice scenes with them. Like when the, when the area first opens up, you really get this like nice extra bonus of like Ryuji, which was a lot of fun. Also, they added in the fact like Makoto is still trailing you at this time. So even in this new area, she's still following you. <laughs> so, so it was. I like details like that because it really actually tied it in really well. And so the games are actually fun. Like the darts game in particular is pretty cool. They actually made it a mini game. The mini game itself opens up after the first time that you go into this uh this this place. So it's kind of like, it, it kind of reminds you of like Yakuza in terms of like the, the darts uh, minigame in there, in that sense. Uh, the controls is basically that you first control the general area that you want to aim your dart in. And then once you have that down, a small white dot starts moving around in that area. And then you basically fire the dot. Um, you fire the dart, you know, in that dot area. And then, you know, you obviously... You know, your goal here, like any darts game, is to lower your points to exactly zero. Uh, and if you want to see, of course, how that actually looks visually, you know, once again, my preview has um, some gameplay footage of that. So you can see how that works. And it's pretty fun, actually. It's a fun little mini game, you know, and it is really, it is, it's all beneficial no matter what. So, you know. Uh, and then what's cool, too, is that Kichijoji is one of the few areas you can go into at night. So uh, that's a great way as well to do some ranking up at night, you know, especially when there's not much else like to do then. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that was actually pretty cool, too, that you're allowed to explore the area during then. And you can get some extra, um, extra uh, baton pass ranking ups or work on your stats more, things like that. And, you know, sp- and it's cute because you get to spend time with your teammates, see some extra scenes with them. It's like, you know, you can't. You can't deny that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So those, those are, you know, um, those are my recent uh, uh, first impressions of things that I played. Cool. Yeah, you've definitely, I mean, I, I was originally just going to kind of like skip Persona 5 Royal, but, um, you know, thinking it was just going to be sort of like Persona 4 Golden. Um but yeah, this sounds a lot more interesting than I expected it to be. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I may have to check it out at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> though you know, I I I I I might need a little a little longer of a break from Persona Five before I actually play it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's like an over a hundred hour RPG. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and on our other episode, uh, on our other show, Megaton Marathon, we made the mistake. Uh, this was before uh, you were you were a host. We made the mistake of uh, doing um, an episode for every month of the game, and um, you know, just because of uh, you know timing and whatnot, um, it took us about ten months to get through the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as far as like talking about it, and 
but by by the end of by the end of that ten months, I was I was, I was pretty I was pretty burned on Persona Five. So. Oh yeah, understandable. Um, but yeah, I would love to like check out this new stuff uh, at some point. Cool. So, uh, how about we uh, move on to uh, what we've been playing lately? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, you definitely go ahead first because I've been talking on for like forever. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of like DLC uh, that I previously purchased because, like I said, I'm very un- under- under- underemployed. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, trying to get milk as much out of. Uh, <laughs> the games that I already have. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've been playing uh, Fire Emblem's uh, Cinder Shadows uh, DLC, which is just hard as shit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you tried it yet? I played a bit of it. I haven't I haven't gotten that far into it, which I'm upset about. I'm just like, I'm going to try to get, once I get the Snack World review out, that's when I'm going to really dig into it. But it's really fun so far, and I definitely see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah i i think i got i'm on the third battle right now and i mean i think the i've given it three tries and my party's just gotten wiped it's definitely a throwback to the uh fire emblem of old i'd say as far as like difficulty level yeah yeah exactly um but yeah i mean it's pretty cool it's uh like really well fleshed out. Apparently, it's about an eight-hour side campaign, um, and the four new characters are really pretty interesting and charming. And uh, you can also bring them into the main game after uh, finishing uh, the DLC. Right. And uh, yeah, it also uh, brings in uh, a couple of new uh, party classes. Um. And, uh, yeah, there's some really cool, like, additional kind of, like, world bu- world building and backstory. You, uh, you know, uh, learn more about, like, Byleth's uh, mother. And, uh, you know, there's just, you know, kind of, like, some cool uh, additional backstory into sort of, the, like, machinations of the church and whatnot. And uh, the other thing that I really, really kind of dig about it is that uh, it really kind of plays up the whole uh, class warfare theme yeah. that the game touches on sometimes. Um, especially, you know, it's like these, you know, these new characters are living underground and they're like kind of like outcasts from society, um, you know, for oftentimes like ridiculous reasons. So, um yeah, I, I uh, you know, definitely uh, dig that, um, you know, especially feeling more and more of like, you know, the uh, <laughs> class warfare vibes. Oh, in, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In real, in real life, like, <laughs> I see that, uh, that in, um, in uh, Fire Emblem as well. Um. And then um, I also went back to uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 DLC, um, which I started out when I started out on it. I you know I started playing it when it first came out, and uh, I thought it was like really really cool. Like they improved the battle system, the characters were pretty interesting. Um, and then about five hours in the DLC, 
um, there's this uh, community building site uh, section where you're just given like basically like 20 fetch quests. Oh my to God. Do, which it's just like pure padding and <laughs> it's like really, really tedious. Um, you know, it's like, and it just stalls the game out completely. Uh, I think you have to do like, I think 20 fetch, yeah, 20 fetch quests for different NPCs uh, before you can continue oh with the rest of the uh, story. Oh my God. And it's like the whole thing is like really poorly implemented. It's like quest givers are like hard to find. Uh, the quest log provides like very little guidance. So you're just kind of like running around the world, like in all the different like pickup spots, like tr- hoping that you're going to find what they're looking for. And um, yeah, you know, it, it really kind of feels like something out of game from like the early 2000s. Oh man. Like, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, sort of like it reminds me in certain ways of like uh, the original GameCube uh, Wind Waker, you know, and games like that, where it was just like, here, just go around this like giant area looking for random stuff, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, random items, you know, and you're going to spend countless hours like, you know, just kind of wasting your time that. You know, fortunately, they fixed that in Wind Waker HD, but yeah, it's just so indicative that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really kind of like love the game so much. Like, I definitely um, wouldn't have gone back to it to like give it another try. And it says I only have two more of these fetch quests to do. So, oh my god! Hopefully, well, yeah. That means I've got eight. I've I've finished eighteen. So hopefully, you know, I can get through them and see the rest of the story. And it's also kind of a bummer because, like, the story, you know, the DLC takes place, you know, centuries before the original game and gives all this like kind of like really essential sort of backstory. And so you really want to like. I really want to like see where it turns out, you know, and kind of answer some of the things that were left ambiguous in the main game, uh, from what I've, what I've heard. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is just like, you know, it, it's like going to like a shitty job sometimes. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh man. That really, and that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, that's awful. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why they did it. I, yeah, I don't know if it was like a lack of like time and resources, or if it was because um, I know that uh, Nintendo actually released it as its own like standalone, like like twenty dollar like box title, um, and you know they like were like, well, you've got a four hour DLC, like at least like get this up to like eight or 10 hours so we can sell it in a box. You know, I, I'm not sure why, why this happened, but it's, it's really kind of a shame. Um, yeah, that is. Yeah. And then, uh, the other thing that I've been, uh, you know, uh, kind of playing a bit is, uh, Tokyo Xanadu X, um, which, uh, you know, I really kind of dig Falcom games in general, and I really like the uh, Cold Steel games. But, uh, you know, and I'm really trying to get into this one, uh, which is basically, you know, unlike the Cold Steel games, it takes place in modern day. 
and it's uh you know stop me if you've heard this before but it's uh, about uh high schoolers who go into a parallel dimension to fight demon type oh. things oh my god <laughs> um yeah and i don't know i mean just in general i'm getting really kind of burnt out on the whole like high school setting and uh, uh oh yeah absolutely this is tiresome <laughs> yeah 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 and it's, like... oh sorry no, this is why I clung on to like Strange Journey so much because I was like, I'm playing adults who are doing adult things. I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like almost every JRPG, like, I, I mean, this is kind of an exaggeration, but almost every other JRPG I pick up or play, um, you know, is like, takes place in like a high school or a military academy and has like, you know, like a day you know, a day cycle, you know, and yeah. visual novel elements like Persona. And it's like, you know, I mean. I, I know. It's really tiresome after a while. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like Persona has its own issues. Like, I really, I really hope that with Persona 6, they're going to, like, change up the formula somewhat. But. Me too. But they've, you know, it's like. There's a lot of style and charm um, to the persona to the persona games, nonetheless. Yeah, and so to be kind of like have to do similar things, but with these kind of much blander characters and trophy yes. characters is <laughs> exactly. It's just kind of like really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is it's kind of just clearly built on the same engine as uh, the Cold Seal games. And it's, it's, it's like, well, you know, and, and like mechanically it works really, really similarly, but it doesn't have sort of like the coolness of the world and, you know, all this kind of like historical lore. Um, and the Cold Steel, yeah. Steel characters are definitely a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to stick with this one, but yeah, um, that's pretty much what I've been playing lately. Um <laughs> yeah and i gotcha yeah yeah nothing that i'm like super super stoked on um for the most part oh, well except for the oh, fire, the fire emblem. emblem yeah yeah but like i said you know um i can't really afford to be buying new games right now so i'm just trying to like you know get as much out of the games that i already own or already kind of like paid for the dlc for so yeah yeah i know how you feel like like same here like other than of course snack world being like the new game that i've been focusing on um other than that i've been finding myself going back to some of the old titles i had mentioned previously um and then also i've actually been going back a lot and playing more sword and shield um because you know they've been releasing new content like the new um the, the new uh, Gigamax uh, events, things like that. And then also just doing the Battle Tower, which, like, for the first time, I'm actually enjoying doing Battle Tower. It's a blast. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. The reason why is because, you know, um, they actually have Pokemon that you can rent out, you know, versus having to just IV train and, like, EV train your team, um, you know. So it's it's actually cool. I see like me who's just extremely impatient, 
you could just dive right into Battle Tower and just run out of team, and then it's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a blast. So yeah, I've just been I'm just stretching that out because I can't wait for the DLC to come out soon for that. Um, so yeah, pretty much. And then of course I plan on trying out Persona uh, Five Scramble that demo because I need to play that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, I kind of stalled out on um, on Sword and Shield, but that's actually something else that I should get get back to. Um, Definitely, yeah. I think one of the hard things for me with po- Pokemon is that like I didn't really grow up with it, so um, right. Like, I mean, I, I kind of like it, and I you know I, I like it, but and and I, and I also like games that are a lot more sort of like plot driven, and so the fact that you know, even though it does have a plot, um, you know, it's a lot more sort of just kind of, uh, you know, go from this place to this place and, you know, kind of train your Pokemon. It's a little more kind of mechanical. Um, you know, just, it, it, it's harder, harder for, for me to kind of get like really wrapped up in Pokemon games. But, you know, I think, I think it's a really, really good game all in all. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I agree. Um, I actually, I, I actually really love the characters in Sword and Shield a lot. Like, I feel like the gym leaders here alone have like so much more personality than most of the gym leaders in other regions. Like, they're just a lot of fun. Uh, oh my gosh, I love Hop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people that like you deserve better hop as I myself am crushing his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some really great character work in that. It is, and I just feel awful because it's just like, can I have an option to just let him win? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just yeah. So I feel so bad. But I yeah, I absolutely adore him. I do like I said, I love all the characters. I love the setting. Uh, I love the wild area. I thought that was really cool. I can't wait to see like if and um well obviously in the um DLC they're gonna be having more areas like it that'll be really in depth, which I'm excited for. Uh and in any future games, I'm really looking forward to see how they'll take the wild area template and really go in depth with it. Like for instance, adding in like actual dungeons in the wild area to explore and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff that you could do, like, and really integrate it even more into the routes. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It seems like that was like a really cool, cool addition to the to the game in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it re- it really is. I just I seriously enjoy it. Yeah, um, and you're not offended that uh, you're gonna have to buy. Uh, DLC as opposed to uh, having to like buy the same game updated for twice the price in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I know exa- exactly. And I thought that was actually, that's actually way better for me because then it means I get to keep my original team and just like keep, you know, training with them and like fighting with them as I'm doing all these new challenges instead of having to basically restart everything from the beginning. Yeah, I just I, I don't get that. I, I, I don't I have not gotten that controversy whatsoever. It's like like tradition for forever, like they've basically been like, here's the game. A year later, rebuy the game for the same price, but with like additional like elements. And like exactly. and like now it's like download DLC for like half the price that a new game would be. 
and like have all these advantages and i don't know exactly yeah i i think that's actually a big improvement on that you know so i don't i don't get it either it's just that whole thing was just such a mess <laughs> and then and then it just like turned into nothing because the game i think currently is like sitting at like the number three best-selling pokemon game about to be number two (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like okay (laughs) yeah i don't know it seems like uh like i said like you know i'm more of kind of like an outsider when it comes to like the pokemon stuff but uh oh yeah you know just uh you know just kind of like watching it i mean it's like i mean you know gamers get mad about anything but yeah, like the the Pokemon Sword Shield like controversies have just completely boggled my mind. You know. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was bad. Like if it's one thing, if you you know you have your legitimate complaints, it's always fine. But just how out of hand they got, they got so bad. Like just with the harassment and stuff. And mm-mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> or like you know, not having the full like you know, you know like the full Pokedex, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when that was like a big thing, it's like, it's like, there's, there's like thousands of these, of these Pokemon, like, like developing HD assets is like really, really resource intensive, which you can see that with like the fact that, you know, Persona 5 took like almost a decade to develop. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. um, You know, and like, you know, SMT five, like God knows when we're going to get that, you know? Oh, I know. Oh my God. Yeah. Because that's a different team. So they have to make up all brand new assets. And that's where the majority of their development is uh, going into right now. Having to do that from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, Sure, I'd be I I I'd be sore like you know being a uh, SMT fan. I'd be sore if like you know one day Atlas was like, "Hey, Mars not going to be in the game anymore," or like you know, <laughs> 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 or, yeah, or, like exactly. other demons that I really like. But you know, they're also dealing with like with a much smaller like number of like demons, you know, as opposed to like Pokemon. You know, it's like like. There's only so much you can really, you know, develop and like hit a deadline and yeah, hit a deadline and not like, you know, put your developers into like complete crunch, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, anyway, this is another sidetrack, but (laughs) yeah, But yeah, I think, uh, is there anything else you want to do, uh, you're, you're playing or wanted to mention or should we, uh, start to wrap it up here? Uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Cause I think right now I'm pretty, you know, my little, I have a little tiny, uh, a little thing of things that I'm playing. So hopefully that'll get a little better next time we do this. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I definitely would like to mention that, uh, we uh, are uh, we're we're on Patreon, um, both Bank of Ten Marathon and uh, Combo Chain uh, are on a joint joint Patreon account called uh, Mirror Image Studios, and um, yeah, you know if you can kick down a little little money here and there, 
Um, that would be awesome. We're, you know, basically, you know, um, kind of paying out of pocket for hosting and for uh, the recording software that we use and stuff. And so it would be great to kind of like bit, break even on that. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. If you're willing to throw down even like, you know, a buck or two a month, that would be amazing. And uh, I'll link to it uh, in the show notes. Um, uh, also would be, it would be wonderful if, uh, you'd be so inclined to, uh, go to Apple podcasts and rate and review the show. Um, you know, it's still relatively new. So your, uh, you know, reviews are, you know, definitely going to help a lot as far as like getting the word out. And, uh, yeah, you can get, get in touch with us, uh, over on, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, both are under uh, combo chain. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that our other podcast, Mega 10 Marathon, it's been a while since we uh, did an episode, but um, we've got uh, some uh, episodes coming up. Uh, we're going to record the first one this week uh, for uh, Persona 3. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, me too. Yeah, this is the game that got me into SMT, so I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. And there's so much cool stuff. It's got such a cool story and such just so much cool stuff going on in it. So yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, check out a uh, Mega Megaten Marathon as well. Um, uh, we will hopefully have first Persona Three up up by. If not the end of the week, maybe early next week. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Is there anything uh, you want to plug, uh, Elisa? Um, well, you know, I have my uh, Twitter account. Uh, you know, my handle is a james three four seven. You know, my just my, you'll see my actual name, Elisa James. Um, so definitely feel free to come on Twitter and just randomly hit me up just send me a message you know whatever i love talking with people especially about nerdy stuff like the smt or just anything else really you know um of course as mentioned before i write for dual shockers so you know definitely be sure to check out um my uh preview my interview and just my articles in general and not only my stuff but just the content we have on the website it's a great website for Lots of content. We're always putting up new editorials, previews, interviews, reviews, uh, news stories, things like that. You know, video. So uh, never be bored. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do do come and check that out. Awesome, and yeah, um, I'm a I'm a Paul M. Davis on Twitter. Um, I don't check it daily, but uh, yeah, if you want to drop me a line, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'll definitely get back to you, uh, you know, or if you have any comments about the shows or just want to, you know, say hi. Um, yeah, Twitter is a great way to do it. Um, I also started a, uh, video game blog, uh, called, uh, uh, it's called pressturn.org. Um, there's not much up there right now, but, um, I'm going to, uh, be doing some, uh, doing some additional uh, writing for it that should be going up in the next few days. Um, so yeah, check that out as well. And I think that's about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for listening and yeah. Thanks Elisa, uh, Elisa for 
joining or being here <laughs> as you're always. Welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Well, uh, we will be back soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. All right. Take care, everyone.